You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always. Thanks for coming to the stream. Again, Electrician Live is every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the YouTube.com forward slash Master the NEC, where it is, again, every week we talk about something in the electrical industry, whether it's calculations or training or or something that, that might help you as an electrician. A um, couple things we've got coming up in the future. Uh, some special guests uh, that will be coming on. Uh, so we're excited about nailing that down, and it should be nailed down very shortly. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, this show is dedicated to talking all things electrical. So again, you feel free if you want something that you want to call in and, and participate, feel free to do that. The number is 214 945 I have turned off the ticker because I've got my nifty little live button going on there. Um, But I could start that at any time. Uh, We have a lot to cover in tonight's show because we're going to talk about um, leadership and what it's like to be a leader. Now, that's not to say that my talk tonight in this episode is signifying that I am any sort of leader. Um, I have owned companies through the years and have always found it a struggle to meet every expectation of my employees. And I have no idea why my glasses look crooked. And so, <laughs> oh my hat, everything. I look so out of place tonight. Um, um, so, again, I am not here to portray that, but there are some, some real important aspects to leadership that we want to talk about that's kind of always good to uh, refresh ourselves, even myself. Uh, always good to uh, refresh and, and make sure that we Uh, are all thinking about leadership and how we portray this to our employees, how we want to get looked at, how we want to appear. And so, again, that's some of the topics that we'll talk about today. For those who are over on the electricianlive.com for the podcast, I will read the screen as I come up with the top 10 or at least 10 leadership concepts to think about, uh, to discuss Uh, And, of course, at any time you want to pop on over to our live stream, then you can jump right over to electricianlive.com. You can watch it there. Or you can actually go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. Make sure you bookmark it because we do this every week. Every week is an interesting topic on different things. So, again, and we encourage you to go to our websites and actually click the contact us button and send us what you want to see. If you have a manufacturer that you would love to have on the show, let me know and we'll reach out to them. Okay. All right. So we're going to kind of, kind of get started in tonight's episode. Um, Do want to give out some shout outs to some of our students in the fast tracks program or those that come to us during the week. Uh, We want to give a shout out to Jay Uh, Grunberg, who actually passed his inspector's exam, electrical. Uh, Congratulations to Jay, to Joel, and to Eric that are also part of our program. I want to say congratulations on uh, going to that next step. 
And, uh, you know, again, he's in here as Elwood, but it's Eric. Uh, and so I want to say uh, awesome job, guys. Uh, I knew you could do it. Um, you constantly come every week in every chat. We hope you don't stop coming because you never know. We never forget this. Now, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I still learn something new every day. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today in the leadership thing. So, again, I want to shout out to those guys and all the students who successfully passed their exams. That's what I'm here for. Uh, I did have a guy today ask, why is our content on YouTube have a membership? Uh, everything was always free. What's up? Why do you got to start charging? Well, nothing's free always, but I will continue to strive to give as much content as I can and give of my time during the week to help you get your game to the next level. But there are occasions when people will donate and help support our program and help support what we do. And so again, I thank everybody that does that, who donates, who helps keep this going so that we can add some stuff to the program. And I guess for those that are on the live stream, what you haven't seen is we have obviously some transitions, but you see we have some new fancy streaming software and everything going on. So again, uh, again, so this, we're constantly trying to make the program better uh, for you each week. Okay. All right. So without further ado, let's kind of get into the day's topic and we're going to talk about it. And so what it is, it's leadership training. And it goes, this is going to be a multi-part series. I was hoping to have a guest with me tonight, but he couldn't make it. So we're going to forge on our own. And we're going to talk about these things that have to do with leadership. And I also should tell you, these are uh, not all my concepts, but I very much uh, relate to them. And when it comes to leadership, and again, a little history of me, I've owned multiple companies, still own one today, but previously back in Virginia, where I had a number of employees that worked for me, and it was always my mentality to get my hands as dirty as their hands um, and lead by example. And so obviously somewhere in our, in our discussion tonight, that's going to come out. Uh, I believe that you can't tell people to do something if you haven't uh, either walked in those shoes or you're willing to show that you can do it. Um, so again, there's a difference. We need leaders. We also need followers. Not everybody can be a leader, but the leaders will identify themselves. They raise to the top. And again, you can mentor and do other things to help bring people along that don't necessarily want to be leaders, but they want to be somebody that's up there in the pack and you can help push them along. So a lot of stuff to discuss tonight. So again, if you're over on the stream listening to the podcast, you can always join us, but don't worry. I want to describe it well enough for you to get it out of the podcast so everything's uh, going to be something that we all can relate to. Okay. Uh, first things first. Number 10, never stop improving. It kind of goes hand in hand with what, you know, what I kind of said tonight with with the guys that are in the fast tracks uh, program or, or really those that are studying hard to get your, your, your license or, or maybe you're owning a company and you're just starting out and you're finding it a struggle. At just some point in your career, you think that you've, you've reached the pinnacle. And reality is I've been doing this for over 30 years and I am constantly learning, constantly striving to get better, learning something new every day. So important thing is number one, Never stop improving yourself. You don't know it all. 
You've heard me say that we probably know 70% of something. Somebody else you know knows the other 70% of what they know. All I want to do is milk 30% out of what they know. And they know something that I don't know so that I can help add it to what I know. Um, I ask people ask me all the time. They say, I've got my master's. I got a, what, what else there is for me? Well, that's why we came up with the CMECP program. I'm not here to stump a commercial for the CMECP program. Uh, but what I am here to tell you is that you don't ever give up because let's say you passed your master's and you're going into business and you're a leader. Um, but you, you think, what is there left for me to learn? Where there's so many pieces in the National Electrical Code that you can dissect out and try to learn that might be areas of the code, National Electrical Code, for example, that just make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, you pass an exam, but how comfortable are you really in motors or how comfortable are you in transformers? Well, my recommendation is the people that get their license. It's now it's time to do the deep dive. It's time to really dig into things that make you feel uncomfortable. Now, as a business owner and a leader or a leader for a company, you don't have to be an owner to be a leader. Um, But what it is, is the ability to say, look, I'm going to take a challenge and learn something new today. So I make it a challenge. One of my daily things when I get up, people that know me, it's kind of one of those things you know about me, is I try to make it a chore every day to learn something new, some new skill. For me, It's creating graphics or it's creating software program or it's working on something electrical or some kind of design or some kind of program that I can put together or or something that I can do. Like I'm trying to work on a calculations program for next week's um, midweek exam prep where we talk about basic calculations for the guys and gals. And so I want to come up with something that's going to be stimulating for them and challenging. But always try to improve yourself. Again, Number 10, never stop improving. Great leaders, indeed great people, are constantly learning and always trying to improve themselves every day. There's always something that you can work on. Uh, Maybe it's inner self. Maybe maybe people around you consider you an a-hole, and I know I get that a lot, but (laughs) I I I can't believe I actually said that. There are people that don't like me for whatever reason, and I'm sure they're in our stream tonight. They just come in because they want to come in. Uh, But there's other people that really appreciate what I do, and so that's what moves me forward every day, right? Um, You're never going to please everybody, but you want to constantly try to improve yourself, master a new skill. Um, Be sure to keep your mind open to new ideas, possibilities. Don't shut anything off in your learning, okay? Um, I used to know one guy who was a, a real inspirational leader to me when I was younger. Uh, and, and, and actually, he was my mentor. And uh, he actually said, uh, I came to, to school one day, and he was in there. And he's, he's the instructor. He's, he was my mentor. He was well-known through the state. And he was back there, um, and he was bending conduit. He was bending tubing, EMT. And I, I felt it odd because he's been teaching for years he was in the virginia hall of fame educator he's done everything and i asked him i said what are you doing what are you doing you know because i was the student teacher uh for those two years and he was like i'm keeping myself sharp how can i teach these young people to do things if i can't do it myself do you realize how and you know and i'm young i'm 18 17 and i see that kind of leadership 
that kind of mentality. And that's what drove me. So when I was an owner, I wanted to learn something new every day. I didn't stop improving myself. If I couldn't take a helper by the hand and show them something, I felt I didn't achieve something for that day. Yes, we get paid for our time. Yes, it takes time. But I didn't feel right unless I was a great leader and tried to teach them something. Okay? So never stopping improving yourself. Always move forward uh, and, and keep your mind open to things that can make you better. Really go after those things that you really shy away from. Don't shy away from them. If you don't understand Transformers and you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, but I passed the exam or yeah, but you know, if I were to be caught in a room and somebody asked me about something, I couldn't answer it. Then that means you need to dig into it. Learn about Transformers. If I were to say, do you understand what hysteresis losses is? And you're like, no, learn. Learn what it is. That's something. Try to learn something new every day or strive for it. Okay? So that's kind of a long one, but that's the first one. That's number 10 on my list. Now, number nine. If you've seen other people or you've had experience in business, you need to learn from the past. It's widely expressed that when we make mistakes and we don't learn from those mistakes, then we will make them again. We will make them over and over and over and over again. And what did they say one time? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Because I did not learn from my mistake what happened in the past. But you can also learn from other people. And again, watching them from a distance, um, the sincerest form of flattery is to create something and have other people follow it. Uh, I created the continuing education program in Virginia. They never had a CEU program. And then once I did it, I was the only educator in the state for about a year and a half. And then other people started doing it. I knew it would happen, but they started copying the program like I did it. And again, I didn't get upset. I thought it was wonderful. Um, Again, let the people choose who they want to learn from. I still had my number of students that came to me uh, and they continued to come until I left Virginia. But I saw these other people growing uh, and they learn from other people. But if there's things that happen and mistakes that happen, you need to learn from them. So the number nine lesson is learn from the past. To once again, quote an adage, those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. History, recent and otherwise, is filled with examples of successful business models and spectacular business failures. Think about what the people you admire do well and consider what went wrong for those who ended up with their careers mirrored in scandal or disgrace. Lessons can be found everywhere. Okay, In your business, look at what other businesses are doing. Okay, Copy the things that are doing well. There's nothing wrong with that. If somebody comes to you and said, well, you just copied me and your business is growing, then I'd look at him and say, yeah, because you know what? You were doing the right thing and I'm following what you do, okay? But what businesses do things wrong, learn from it. On a job site, you've got, you want to be a leader. You want to move forward. You see people playing around on the job site. You see people getting fired. You see people getting hurt. Learn from the past, okay? Work is work. A leader forges forward, doesn't play in the past. It always moves forward, okay? But you learn from the mistakes around you so that you don't have to make them. And if you've made those mistakes, 
lick your wounds, and move forward. Always keep moving forward. Don't bury yourself in the woe is me, right? Don't bury yourself in it. Move forward, okay? Always move forward. All right? The next lesson is lesson eight. Now, lesson eight, if I can get my streams set up here, sorry about that, for those that are over on the video stream. Lesson eight is watch out for or avoid common pitfalls of leadership. Now, everyone makes mistakes, but some of them are avoidable, okay? All right? Being aware of common mistakes while not focusing on them to the point that they become self-fulfilling prophecies. In other words, don't see a mistake. Get so focused on the mistake that you make the mistake come true, okay? Now, can be the first step towards not repeating them is by actually looking at any possible pitfalls, stopping and thinking about them, and give it a smart, common-sense approach about how I address this. Should I make this move? Should I do this? Uh, Should I invest in this? Should I do this? Should I hire? Should I fire? All those things, so watch out and avoid common pitfalls of leadership. You're going to make them. You're going to see other people make them. Be aware of those common mistakes, okay? So, again, you don't want to focus on it. You don't want to dwell on it. But you definitely don't want to fall under that path where you see a mistake coming and you get so drawn to that that you end up into that black hole and it ends up being something that's self-repeating. A good example of this is don't get into business and not understand things like how to prepare your taxes, how to do things, and how you have a plan for that. Okay, and and being and remember that if that starts going downhill, then you're not going to be able to recover, uh, or you're not going to have the money to pay taxes you owe, or always have to think about these different things. So look at the stuff in your business that could cause your problem. Maybe they're your your weak points, okay, and and watch out for them being a basically a suction. It sucks you down in this hole. Because you can avoid those. And if you get so much dwelling on them, then you end up being sucked into that, okay? So watch out for those common pitfalls of leadership. Be very aware of other people that are around you that have fallen into pitfalls. Uh, Maybe they expanded their business too quickly. Uh, Maybe as a leader, you put somebody in charge that you did not think was ready. All those type of things. So just kind of have that that spider sense, if you will, if you're like, Spider-Man. Anyway, have that in your mind and think, okay, what are the pros and cons or what are the consequences to this mistake that I could be making? And think it through, okay? So again, very broad one here, number eight. But again, watch out for and avoid common pitfalls of leadership, okay? Number seven. So number seven is be emotionally aware. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'll read it. For those who are on the stream, uh, number seven is be emotionally aware. And it says, while many people advise keeping emotions separate from matters of business, business is ultimately about relationships between people. Gosh, how we find that out every day. Okay, I sit on code panels and there's probably a reason I know the reason why I am not on some committees, 
Okay, especially NEMA committees, for example. I know why I'm not. One is because I don't play in the same sandbox, and I am probably considered an outsider because when I see something I don't like, I speak up. And not everybody appreciates that, obviously. But relationships are so important because there's ways that you can do a relationship. One, you can call it kissing butt, or you can call it being what everybody does as far as playing at the same table or in the same sandbox type of stuff. And then some of us stay outside of that. But you have to be aware of your emotions and remember relationships play a keen part in our leadership skills when it comes to running our business, working with a crew, uh, and getting the project done, okay? So again, it goes important to say, while many people advise keeping emotions separate from matters of business, business is ultimately about relationships between people. Okay, you're the customer, I'm the the actual contractor, or I have to work with a general contractor, or I have to work with an owner. All of that's about relationship. Very quickly can that go sour, okay? Now, to make these relationships last, you need to be emotionally intelligent, to be sensitive to different points of view and different backgrounds, not to offend people, but also stand your ground so that you're not offended. Okay, and again, I say, you know, grow a little thicker skin in some cases. I'm guilty sometimes of having thin patches. But reality is, when using your head to do what's best for your company, don't forget to have a heart as well. So this does only go with making relationships with businesses, and and, and it's also very much about employees. Because your greatest word of mouth is also customer's word of mouth. But also can be the worst thing it can be your business is a disgruntled employee. Now, we're not talking about a disgruntled employee that does things wrong. They steal. They cause problems. They, they are just a downright problem for your site or your job. Then that's a cancer that has to be removed. And I've done a previous video and podcast on removing the cancer from your company. You have to analyze it, though, but you can do this uh, in certain ways. So while you have to make decisions that are emotionally charged in your business or as a leader, You have to understand that you can make those decisions and do them without putting so much personal emotion in it that it comes across as very emotional and it can cause problems down the road. If I fire somebody in the past, I had the ability to do so without it being so emotional, whether I was upset at them or sad that I had to let somebody go or what. It just was, you know, basically giving you the facts. This is what it is. And our, our paths are going to have to part here. And, and again, I wish you the best. Uh, I'm achieving what I want to achieve. I'm not breaking, you know, obviously they're losing their job, uh, but I'm not doing it in a way that's, you know, now if they're already a, 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 a disgruntled employee, whatever, nothing that you do is going to change that. Just remember, relationships are very important. Um, I give a, a, an important story on a relationship. It's not so emotional driven, even though this is be emotionally aware. That's item number seven. But again, I had a, a gentleman that was uh, worked for me that was on a job site many years ago. And he was, he, he, it's almost like he hated his job every day. I mean, no matter what went on, I would hear reports of him cussing this and that and, and, and griping about this or that. And and I pulled him aside and I, I said, what, what, is, what is wrong? I'm paying you. I'm giving you a paycheck. Maybe it's not what you want, but it's what I can give you. I'm giving you as much work as I can. And, you know, and, and, and he basically said, oh, it's not you. It's 
I'm having problems at home and all this. I said, I understand. And this is where you can, the emotional part of it as a leader, you had to go, I understand. There's a place and a time for that. I am more than happy to go out with you after work and have a beer and we can talk about it. But during the job, I need you to stay focused. You know, electricity kills. doesn't matter if you're roughing in something and it's no power in the building. It's still things that you do as an electrician is very highly skilled. I just want you focused on the job at hand. That's what I'm paying you for, okay? I'm not paying you for you to come and and bring the morale of everybody on the job site down. But I did it in a way where I wasn't going to yell at him. I wasn't going to, I'm emotional because, again, it's all about relationships. If I build a good leader, will take something from somebody and build them up, put them on a pedestal, they'll be wanting to bend over backwards to do good work for you, okay? You pay them an honest wage, and again, I'm not here to judge whether somebody does that or not. Uh, that's something you have to take up on your own with whoever you work for. If you're the boss, then you need to think about it. Uh, you pay what you can, but the reality is, whatever happens, remember, relationships are extremely important, whether it's to your employees, to the contractors, or to the people that are around. Because a separate story to that is ultimately I had to get rid of that guy because I came to a job site and he was in the job site cussing and all day I heard that he was cussing and I came out there to see what was going on with that. And the owner of the property was in and out of the project. And this guy's just cussing like a, like a rotten sailor all over my project. And, uh, he came to me and he says, you know, I got kids. We come. This is our house. We're, we're looking at, you know, it's a very big house, a multi-million dollar house. And I'm like, I hear you. I apologize. I'll, I'll have a talk with him. And so then I went down and this is the story where the, the gentleman, you know, kind of see emotional away from it, um, where he was hanging the, the uh, wall sconces down the stairwell and he wasn't using the gloves that we tell him to put on when we're hanging sconces on, on some of these high dollar homes. And it was our policy, like it or not, it's the poli- it was the policy. And he, um, he had them crooked. It was smudges all over the wall. It was just looked nasty. And uh, I asked him, I said, what are you doing? He says, oh, I can't see it from my house. Well, I'm the owner. If you'll say that to the owner, then you really don't care. But I didn't get, you know, upset. You know, it's, it's a relationship. Uh, and I told him, I said, you got to go. I said, he said, but I drove here in the work truck. I'm like, call somebody to give the keys to the helper. You got to go. I cannot have that on my job site, but I can't have that from an employee because you're an extension of me. And if you don't care, then it sends a message that I don't care. Okay. So I wasn't, I was emotionally aware of the employee. Um, and I tried to address it as monotoned as possible. Um, but that's how I had to resolve it. Okay. Just remember the whole point of this one is relationships. You also never know where you're going to get the next job. So you got to be careful who you talk to, especially electricians on the job. Um, so I tell them, you know, be very conscious of, of who you talk to, what you say, how you run your mouth, uh, what you share. Don't bash the company, especially in public, things like that. You've got your own problems. Do it off the job site. Don't do it on the job site. Okay. All right, number six, Uh, this becomes big. This is one that became very big for me. And this was find a mentor. So I have had over the years a couple mentors in my career. Uh, 
people to look up to, people to help me learn. And I like to think that I carry that on to other people. Uh, and, and I have many people that call me for advice from time to time on business and running their business and uh, whatever it may be. And I de facto mentor them. And so, you know, it's, it's important. But as a leader, as an owner, don't ever think that you're so accomplished that you cannot have somebody help you, okay? Somebody to be there that you can lean on. And you'll ferret out who that is in short order, who's willing to be a help to you. Uh, again, find a mentor is item number six. And no man is an island, as they say. The best leaders out there know when they need help. And they know where to turn in order to get the help. Example, Bill Gates turns to Warren Buffett. Okay, they have this kind of relationship that they can work together and help each other. Now, granted, they're both the richest men in the world, but again, you would think at their level, they don't need anybody. Um, not true. The other example I can give is kind of similar to this. How many times do you see rock stars, people, uh, you know, in in, this, in the limelight? Uh, commit suicide or do other things or very depressed or very down or whatever, and nobody ever knows, okay? I'm not saying this is a counselor, this is a mentor, but somebody that you can mentor you in business or whatever you need or or reach out to you and be that person to, to be that truthful voice to you, seek out that person, find it. Uh, you'd be surprised that you're in business, that there's another business that would be willing to help you. Maybe you're looking for a business that does uh, more different type of work than what you do. And you're looking for somebody to be a mentor. Uh, maybe it's as simple as a person you look up to. Maybe they're not in your trade. But you need something in business. In business, you might be very good electrical. You might be very good. But maybe your mentor needs to be something else, like a mentor in business, somebody that you can bounce things off of, right? So that's the important thing for you to have in your life. Now, you don't. Sometimes the mentors don't even know they're your mentor. Um, and you know, I answer literally probably hundreds of emails a week from people, and maybe I'm mentoring them um, because people know they can ask me anything. I'll tell you anything. I I'll help you any way I can, um, the best that I can. Um, but there's people that I call. Uh, for when I need some or want a voice. Now, mentor doesn't always have to mean that somebody that's above you. It can be a peer, okay? So let's dispel that. The mentors don't all the way, always have to be somebody that's, you know, uh, older, more wiser, that type of thing. It's not always the case, okay? Uh, a mentor could be just somebody you reach out to that's at your, even at your same level, okay? Um, I mean, there's just so many people that you can, can isolate out to, that are mentors to you, uh, whether they're formal or informal mentors, okay? Uh, so a man uh, is, uh, no man is an island, as they say. The best leaders out there know when they need help, and they don't try to ball it up and make the mistakes and fall into those pitfalls. If you don't know much about business, then you need a mentor to reach out to for business because you don't want to make the mistakes, Right? You don't want to make those mistakes. I've made them. Taxes-wise, I've made them. So I had mentors that I reached out to that helped me with business when I had business questions. 
Okay. My brother is one of my mentors, uh, not for the electrical, even though he's an electrician, uh, because my brother can do just about anything, right? He's a little older than me. Um, I like to think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I I don't know if he listens. I like to think I'm a better electrician, (laughs) but at the end of the day, we're very competitive, but business and just literally the guy can do anything like the MacGyver of anything. Okay. He came out here and laid my floor. I mean, I could probably lay the floor, but it would have taken me forever. He comes out and he's just like, lay it. He comes out. He just does that. He builds homes. And I mean, really nice homes. And he does electric. He, he just does everything. So I look at him as a mentor, not he's just a brother, but he's a mentor. If I've got something I want to bounce off of him, he's who's who I'll bounce off to. Um, I've got a really good friend in Virginia his name is Jeff Harris, who kind of came to work for the city, and I took him under my wing to teach him everything about code, and he ended up taking my job when I left the city as their engineer, and he took the job, and he calls me almost every day for the past 10 years, and so I have mentored him, um, and over the years, he has mentored me, and he doesn't even realize it because he's been that that friend, that person, that shoulder, that rock, that that person that you can call, okay? So again, I don't want you to translate this into just business um, and being a leader, but a leader needs shoulders to turn to, okay? We don't have to know it all, okay? So that's again, nobody knows, nobody knows everything. And it goes back to that old saying, if I know 70% of something and you know 70% of something, I guarantee you that I can pull something out of you to fill my 70% to get me as close as I can to 100% of knowledge. I'll never get there because I keep forgetting. But everybody's 70% repository of knowledge is not going to be the same. So I have an opportunity to learn at every engagement. This is why I still go to seminars today, why I teach seminars, why I stick around to talk to people, why I answer questions. I am always trying to learn but I'm also ferreting out who are good potential mentors for me to reach out. I don't even need them to know that I'm, that they're my mentor. I don't need to, to quantify it. I just know that I'm latching on. Uh, if I have somebody that I know that might be really good at business or really good at web design or really good at animation or something and that person meets that. So I've got mentors for everything. And I'm sure that I have been a mentor to many others. So for different things. So it's beautiful how this thing works. Okay. But find them and identify them. And you're in business and you're a leader. Find other people that can answer those pressing questions that you don't know the answer to so that they bolster you as a better leader. Okay. That's the whole point. As a finding mentors doesn't mean you have to know it all because you don't. Okay. All right. Uh, and don't try to feel like you have to know it all because you do not. Uh, number five on the list, and that is know your limits. Now, I have talked about this before. This one is huge. As a leader, you don't want to sabotage your leadership by going into things that you are not comfortable with, okay? Okay. Uh, I would have never let somebody do something on medium voltage who have never once dealt with anything that's 2001 to 35,000 volts, ever, okay? You're not skilled at it, but know your limitations, okay? Um, 
And when I say learn from others, helpers. Take every menial job that you can get as a helper. Whatever they want you to do. If it's digging a ditch, you dig the ditch. If it's pulling the wire, if it's doing this, you take it. You don't pay mind to what somebody else will think. Just do it, okay? Do your time. Put your work in. I carried a mini trade size four rigid over my head while I was learning the trade back in the early years. Me and my brother took on just about any project at the time. We didn't know our limits. I learned from that. And in that process, I grew. But I'm telling you, as a leader, know your limits, okay? And so as it says here, number five, even the kindest, most caring leader has limits. Remember that. Set your boundaries and stick to them. Know what you will not tolerate can save everyone in the office a lot of frustration and keep boundaries clear means there's no confusion, okay? So if you're an electrical contractor, kind of focus on what you know and identify what you don't know. It doesn't make you any less of an electrician, okay? Again, get that out of your head. I have guys that contact me and says, I don't feel like an electrician because I just do low voltage. Get it out of your head. You're an electrician, my friend. You doesn't matter. doesn't make you. What I hate to see online is the guys, and they're usually nothing against a union, but the union guys who want to, you know, post things on Instagram or whatever, and they're beating their chest, and you're not an electrician if you don't run all this stuff. Whatever. Be honest with you, the license in my pocket doesn't have any discrimination either way, whether or not you ran that conduit that way or I'm over here running non-metallic sheet cable. It don't care. It's a license. It means we're created equal. Now, you have some skills that somebody else might not have. Well, guess what? You, by de facto, became one of my mentors. You don't even know it because I'm not going to give you that satisfaction if you're an a-hole. But I'm going to learn from you because I am going to take the good parts of you to meld with the great parts of me. And that's what I try to do all the time. So I pick things that I want to learn from. Like I said, when I saw my my mentor bending conduit and bending tubing and all back in the back room, when he didn't need to, he didn't need to do any of that. It instilled in me some type of work ethic that makes me want to pass that on. And that's kind of set it early on. That was a long time ago, uh, 40 years ago or 35, 6, something like that years ago. That's a long time ago. But it instilled in me these things. So know your limits. Now, what does this translate to leaders in business? Um, Don't take on projects that you know you just aren't ready for. You're like, well, if I don't take them on, Paul, I'll never know. Okay, there are pieces of every project that you could take on in small chunks before you get in so far over your head that it ends up causing a lot of stress and a lot of problem within your company. And you start putting expectations on people that might work for you and they don't have the experience either. Okay. So know your limitations, set your boundaries. If you're really, really, really good at residential, stick to residential. When that opportunity comes up to do some light commercial, light commercial, maybe some strip mall office building or something, a small thing, one or two, then you can dip your toe in that. But understand it, okay? This understand the concepts, all right, of what you're dealing with, okay? All right, so that's kind of what we're doing. Know your limitations um, and uh, 
That way you, you don't have anything that you can have these expectations that aren't kept. Okay. So good leaders will know their limits. Okay. And they will stick to those limits. And if they don't know something, it kind of goes back to our other point. Learn something new. If there's something that frustrates you because it is a limit for you, then you should be focusing on how to overcome that limit. Learn everything you can in order to overcome your limits. But in business, I don't want to make sure that I don't make mistakes that can affect my business or my leadership ability and how I appear to the people around me, okay, by making stupid decisions because I didn't know my limits. Now, when we say know your limits, only you know the limits within you that what you can't do, okay? Now, one limit might be you don't know anything about Transformers. Well, don't get involved in Transformers or... Learn everything you can about Transformers and then you can go in it because now that's no longer your limit. Those are some different examples of how you would do that. Okay. Number four. Now, number four is keep meetings productive. Another thing that I will say about many leaders uh, is that they, they go to lead, they have meetings, they have site meetings, they have staff meetings, and they start to go off on this tangent. Remember, you're the owner or you're the leader. Leaders need to keep it short, sweet, and direct because anytime you opine on something to nausea, as probably I do on a lot of these videos, um, a little different, that's educational. But we're talking about on a job site um, or, or in your office when you have your weekly meetings, and every business should have a weekly meeting at some point, whether you're talking code for an hour or safety or, or, or something. Um, with your staff, it creates and brings the staff together, makes it more personable. Um, but at any rate, um, keep your meetings productive. It, as, as the saying goes, time is money. So, of course, you should want to limit tangents and other time-wasting during the meetings, if you trust your team to do their job, they should be no, there should be no need to micromanage them, and meetings can run swiftly, smoothly to the point. Um, if you've ever had a boss that micromanages every single thing you do, that becomes problematic, okay? And there's a lot of them out there, trust me. There's a lot of people that are over-involved uh, in an application. Well, what I used to do with my helpers... And when I used to have the helpers and then my other electricians, I did not micromanage them. I gave them tasks. I would inspect the tasks, but they wouldn't learn if I didn't show them first, which they had been through time. And then once they got to the level where I gave them tasks, uh, I would tell helpers, okay, um, the two back bedrooms, okay, this is what I want from you. Very short, very clear. In the morning, in the meeting, when we got to the job site. Uh, that's also a problem with job sites. People get to a job site and then they fragment. Uh, I would always tell them what I wanted. If I was the leader, I'd say, okay, Johnny, Jimmy, okay, I need the two back rooms done. Um, each one is going to have their own circuit. No, I'm not going to run a multi-wire brand circuit. Each one has their own circuit. Uh, it's going to be in 14.2, non-metallic sheet cable. That's what we're doing. Uh, if it was a commercial site, I would say, let's look at the drawings. I need you to take this trade size, whatever, from point A to point B. Uh, here's where I need the supports. Here's what we need. You got it? Any questions? Because this is the time to ask me the questions. They go, nope, we got it, boss. I'm like, all right, I'll come and check on you, get it done. 
Uh, g- give me your, give me the best. Give me all of you today, if you don't mind. I need you. I need all of you today. You with me? And they over time they're like, you got it. And you know what? If you keep the meeting short, be direct. Don't micromanage. Take your people. Give them a task. The meeting gets done. Everybody gets to work. And again, it doesn't give anybody time to start have their mind wandering and start cussing and, and, and getting upset or saying, oh, here we go. Just get it done. So again, while I tend to be very long-winded, I wasn't very long-winded in my meetings in the mornings because um, we had to get to work and get things done. So, um, but give them a task. Don't micromanage them. It'll move quicker, okay? And nobody wants to hear a boss jump up on a soapbox. And again, as a boss, when I say keep meetings productive, I mean leaders, not just bosses, but leaders, the head electricians, the masters, the the project managers. You don't need to bring your personal things into the meeting. And I don't, I mean this with all due respect, None of these guys probably care about what's going on in your life, okay? Now, you might have a really good friend there or whatever, and and that's fine. But in your leadership meeting, just keep it to the facts. Keep it what you need. If you need a mentor, somebody's shoulder to lean on, seek it. But in your meetings, keep them productive, short, straight to the point. Don't micromanage and don't bring your personal life into the meeting, okay? It's just don't. It's not probably not going to work out good for you as a leader in order to do that because as a leader, we're setting the example. We're setting the tone, okay? All right. It's just advice to follow or not, but there you go. Short, direct, precise, no micromanaging. Keep the meeting swift and swiftly moving, okay? Straight to the point. Give your instructions. Don't, again, don't overpick it. Let them do it. That's the only way they're going to learn. Along with that comes what? Communication. You need to work on those skills of communicating directly to the person what you want them to do. Straightforward. Okay? So, you need to communicate effectively. And what does that mean? That's number three. And that is effective communications is imperative, both in the office and in life. Great leaders make sure they are heard and understood, but they also know the importance of listening, okay? I have a bad habit when I communicate of talking to somebody, and before they finish talking, I've already processed where they're going, and I start talking. So there is a little drill that I do, and I I still have to do it today because I teach so many things around the country with people, not since COVID, but in certain positions... People ask me questions, and I already know where they're going, but I have to make myself pause. So when I hear and practice this, when you're the the leader of the company or you're the foreman, a project manager, and somebody comes to you with a problem or you're trying to communicate with them and they are talking to you, um, is to look them straight in the eye, acknowledge what they're saying, and you don't say a word until three seconds after they, their mouth stops. And so I've practiced that. And it's, it's a struggle in that communication because first thing is they want to be heard. That's effective communication. They wouldn't be telling you something if they wouldn't be heard. And if you keep chopping them off, it makes it hard. So I, I struggle with this, but I have to listen better 
And then I have to pause. And I'm thinking in my mind, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. And that allows me to respond clearly, precisely, directly, and it makes for effective communication. Okay? But again, communication cannot be one-way street. I have to be hearing. What everybody's concerned, they wouldn't be voicing it to you if they didn't have a concern. So I want to do them the respect and listen. And leaders listen to what other people have to say, and they calculate their response. And I have just had to practice through the years of, because I'm so hyped up all the time anyway, of pausing in order to be able to give my response and effectively getting my head clear about what they're asking me so that I can respond. And it, I'm not lying. It's still a struggle for me, okay? So communicate effectively. Number three says effective communication is imperative both in the office and in life. Great leaders make sure they are heard and understood, but they also know the importance of listening. Communication is a two-way street, and making the most of it will have your company zooming forward instead of pumping the brakes. Listen to your employees. Communicate to your employees. Listen to your helpers. You as the master, listen to what they have to say. They don't have the knowledge yet. They don't have the skills yet, but they have something better. And that is a third-party perspective. They haven't been tainted by some other installation practice or some bad instructor they've had or... You know, they might come from a fresh perspective and might not be accurate perspective, but it comes from a, so me as a master or me as an educator, I have to listen and I take it in. And once I take it in, I pause and then I respond and that lets them know I heard you. And it also doesn't have a bad idea. In some cases, I used to say to my helpers, I used to say, I hear you. I do hear you. But let's look at it this way. And as long as they were heard, okay? But you'd be surprised the great ideas you'll get from them as well. So again, communicate effectively is really important. Again, you have to be able to lead. You got to be able to communicate. You got to be able to convey and make things as clear as possible. If you want somebody to do something, don't assume that they know how to do it. Ask them. The biggest thing that happens in communication breakdown is say, all right, Johnny, I need you to, uh, I need you to run this uh, trade size three rigid from this part of the plan to here. Um, I need you to, the supports are pretty much given on the, on, the, on the drawings here. Is there any part of this that you're not clear with? Whether it's the thread all or it's the support, maybe it's Kindorf support with the thread all, maybe it's uh, uh, from the rafters or, or maybe it's, uh, the strapping of the rigid and how you couplings. Are, is there any question on any of this? Because I'll help you. But I'm going to give you, I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm gonna, no, I'm good. You're good? Okay. This is what I want you to do from here to here. Give them this task. Okay. And then what happens is if they don't do it right or do something wrong, you can look at them and go, Johnny, we, I ask you if there's anything you didn't understand. And, you know, and they'll tell you there and, and it's okay. They're going to make mistakes. That's why they're journeymen. That's why they're helpers. Okay. The masters are going to make the mistake. I wish there was a master's master's <laughs> license, you know, uh, but there's not. Okay. So at any rate, again, effective communication is so important. 
It's so important that we have that effective communication between everybody on the site, okay? And listen, remember, even if you get upset, stop and pause and let them get what they got to say out. When you jump on top of them, even if they're upset, then they're going to jump on top of you. I also tell you the biggest thing that really brings down aggravation on the site when somebody's really upset, and that is when you let them get what they've got to get out and you don't want to interrupt them. It, you know, and they're just, they're just ah, yelling mad. They're upset. And, and it's hard. Trust me, it's hard. And you just listen. And then you, you listen. And, and, and I used to have, you know, my dad, he used, to, he used to say, I'd yell at him. I'd yell. I'd be mad. I'd be so mad. And he would go, are you done? And I'd go, well, no, because I was like, okay, well, okay. And then when I was done, he'd go, are you? Are you done? Did you did you get it? I mean, is you're done because I want to respond. And he used to do that to me. And do it used to take me so angry. Then all of a sudden I'd be just like, just totally down after that. I'd be like, okay, I got it all out. And then he would proceed to tell me why it had to be this way. Okay. And, uh, you know, why I couldn't have the... Uh, the, the teenage girl in my room by myself while I was, you know, 16 years old at home. You know, again, it made sense now, but it didn't make, it didn't make sense then, but I get it. And he would explain it to me. That's a crazy extreme, but that, that's a true story. Anyway, so communicate effectively, okay? At the time, I thought he was just being a real turd, but don't. <laughs> Uh, knowing me at 16, thank you, Dad. He's up in heaven, but I'm like, hey, you probably saved me a life of pain. All right, so anyway, and you daddies can relate. All right, next one. Number two. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, number two is a little humility. Humility goes a long way. Now, I get... Uh, People say that for many cases, they'll say, Paul, you're not very humble. Um, look, there's a difference. And I'm going to read you this, and I'm going to go into you my explanation, okay, uh, of this. Because, again, humbleness is one thing. But in the electrical industry, I'm going to translate this a little different. So of all of the top of the 10 today, this one's the one that's going to be maybe a little shocking for you when I read this, Okay. All right, a little humility goes a long way. There is a difference between leaders and a boss. While both are in charge, a leader shares the spotlight and is comfortable crediting others. While it might seem counterintuitive, being humble takes more confidence than basking in the glory. Your employees will appreciate it and your clients will too. Okay. All right, humbleness. Um, When it comes to being a contractor or it comes to being an owner, or a leader. Um, I find that as a leader, it's much better to lift your team up as a team than it is to lift yourself up on a pedestal because you're already there. You're already the leader. It's your job to train the other people that can order. So you need to create the people around you that can support you and lift you up. If you're always beating them down and you're not supporting them uh, because you're wanting to take all the credit for everything, then there is no way that they're going to dive on that grenade for you. You with me? So I 
do my best to bring other people up and give them credit where credit is due. However, as an electrician, humility is great, but the reality is um, don't confuse humility versus somebody that says they're cocky, okay, or cocky or full of themselves, okay? There is many people that are very full of themselves, but they can walk the talk and do what they say. And there are some that are not. And they're the ones that need to practice more humility. But a good electrician can take all the pride in the world and the work that they do does not make them, okay, not humble. This is a lesson about leaders. And once you get to the glory land, once you get to the top of the mountain, it's time to start spreading the wealth. You bring people up with you. But you're a journeyman or a master that you're working for somebody and you're busting your butt and you're good at what you do. You can be proud of what you do, okay? Be definitely daggone proud of what you do. That doesn't make you non-humble, okay? And somebody goes, well, you're cocky. You need to be more humble. Look, I've said for many years, nobody out here today is going to toot your horn unless you're tooting your own horn. There's a a way to do it, okay? Okay? but you have to be proud of what you do and not afraid to show it. That's not saying you need to be more humble. Let's not confuse leadership and let's not confuse ownership and bosses and leaderships. Now, bosses and leaders, they need to show humility because they're already at the top. So they're already looking over the mountain and they're seeing everybody below that are scratching their way to get to where you are. If you give the impression you will never achieve the glory that I've achieved, then what are they striving for? What are they working for? What are they trying to achieve? So you can be very confident in what you are, how good you are, what you can do. But if you're a leader and you're an owner or you're a boss, you can convey that message by helping raise everybody else up. They're not any risk to you. They're not any potential. Now, if you're a project manager and you're afraid to, and you're the leader, but you're afraid to lift up another master on the site, and give them credit because they might take your job, that's insecurity, okay? That's not humility. You're insecure about your position, okay? So, again, maybe you don't need to be the leader. But if you are the leader, don't be afraid to give the kudos to those around you for doing a good job because people want to hear that they did a good job. I mean, people, look, people would not post pictures on Instagram and and Twitter, and Twitch, and and Facebook, wherever they post them, of their work, if they didn't want people to say, that's beautiful work. And some people will rag people for that. I hear people do this on podcasts. I'm I'm proud of your work. That's great. That's great. Just remember, leaders, okay, are always in the spotlight. They are the leaders. They're the bottom line. But when people around you do a really, really good job, leaders have this ability to shower the people around them with the gratitude and thank them for what they've done. And again, you thank somebody for working hard, they're going to work twice as hard for you next time because you're giving them the appreciation. And again, if you're a leader, you're always under scrutiny. So... Why make your job harder when you can have people around there working with you rather than against you, okay? So that's what I'd foster people. Make sure that if you're a leader or the boss, you're in charge, 
but you need to remember that the people got you there. Again, I give an analogy, and that is with Encore Wire. I am in a managerial role, and I have an office in corporate building, okay? Don't get the hands too dirty there that much, except for technically wise. Our salaries are paid on the sweat and hard work of the people that are out there working in those facilities, the ones that are making the wire, the ones that are actually out there insulating the conductors, the ones that are out there shipping it around the country. Those people are what pays my salary. Yes, I do a job. Yes, I support it. And I'm a leader in my company. But I lift up the people around me because I could not do effectively what I do without their help. And the last thing I want to do is have them not want to support me because I want to support them, okay? All right, so again, a little humility goes a long way. Remember, you're at the top. You are the leader. Uh, you don't have to be an a-hole, okay, to, to, to still be a leader, okay? So again, just a little humility. But again, don't let that remove somebody's cockiness for being good. That's, that's, that's different. I, I wish I could separate these two because one is just the trade, and one is the boss and the leader. That's different, okay? Now, if you're the trade foreman and you're an electrician and you're really good and you're a leader, but you're not necessarily the boss, but you're the leader, why would you want to be a prick to all of the people that work under you? You're the leader. They're looking up to you. Set an example. So, again, that would probably be a good example of having a little bit of humility in your application. Number one, last one for the night. And this kind of goes back to what we said. Lead by example. Leaders need to show, not just tell somebody how to do something. If you want your employees to be punctual, make sure that you're there early and on time, or maybe even early. If professionalism is a priority, make sure you're dressed for success. Treat everyone you interact with, both in person and online, with courtesy. Set the tone and your employees will follow it, okay? When I'm at meetings and I go to meetings, I'm dressed company shirts um, and always dressed pants. I always looked the part. When I was an electrical contractor, all of my guys had shirts. Um, I allowed them to wear the khakis, uh, but we provided all their shirts hats, anything that they wore, we wanted them to set the tone. Not everybody can do that. I get it. But shirts are cheap today. Uh, Even the t-shirts can be printed up, screen printed up. Everybody should have a logo, all this kind of stuff. That's another episode that I did. But again, lead by an example. You want to be able to set the tone when people see you. That's how they want to carry yourself. So even if you're a two-man crew, a three-man crew, a four-man crew, if you're the lead or they're the owner Carry yourself how you want others to see you, and that way they will follow that leadership, okay? If you come to work late, if you're never there, they're always waiting on you. Don't you think that at the end of the day, they're going to start being late if they see that you're late? Well, it's okay for the owner to be late. Why not I'm late? So again, set by an example, whether you're the boss of the company or you're the foreman, okay? Leaders don't always have to be the boss. They can be the foreman, supervisor. Uh, in the company, there's many different leaders. 
So you need to take it on to yourself to lead by example. And if you lead it, they will come. Okay. If you are a one man show and you have a truck and a helper and you're always on time, you're dressed right. You look the part, you communicate with the customer effectively. Uh, and you're not cussing all the time. Again, Again, I'll, I'll get thumbs down for that because some people think that that's part of our trade, that everybody has to talk like a sailor on a job site, whatever. But the point is, I treat it like a business. And when I'm there to do my job, I treat it. I interact with the customer like a business. And so that anybody that's with me, okay, will actually mimic how I treat the customer, how I treat the situation, how I look, okay, the tone. I don't have the ripped off jeans, holes in the jeans, okay? Things like that. Set and lead by example. That's such an important thing that sometimes get overlooked because you're the owner or if you're not even the owner and you're just the leader of the company, maybe you're the foreman, a project manager. You're a leader. You're leading other people. You're a supervisory role. Then you need to set the tone. Look the part. Now, we're not saying come in a three-piece suit, look there. You know what I mean, okay? Look your part. That's the important thing. Uh, Communicate effectively and just know that other people are looking to you. Whether you know it or not, there are people that are looking up to you in some fashion and you have to set the tone for them, okay? So that's kind of what we kind of, all of the, the good things that we wanted to talk about tonight. And... Hopefully, you got something out of that. Uh, again, I went kind of all over the place with it. But again, you set the tone as the leader. And so, again, good communication. Don't fall into the pitfalls. Learn from other people's mistakes. Learn from other people's successes in the business, what they've done. I know contractors that look at other people and say, they're doing really well with service work and generators. I need to get into the generators or I need to do more service work or I need to do this or, or maybe these guys get a lot of business because I see how nice their, their trucks are labeled out or, or how well they look or I'm always seeing them on job sites. What are they doing that I'm not? And go after it and try to find out what that is. Make that your challenge. Again, get up every day saying, I want to learn something new. I want to get out there. Don't be scared for something you don't know. Know your limitations, kind of covering all the tens. And basically fill those gaps of knowledge that you don't have. If you're not comfortable in a topic, I mean, there's a lot of people that shy away from certain areas of the National Electrical Code because they just don't know it. That's a perfect opportunity for you to dive into it and learn it, right? Okay. So anyway, hopefully you got something out of that tonight. And uh, next week, we'll have a great show. We're going to talk about the, the uh, megging and some of the myths behind megging. So that's going to be a great show. I'm going to give you a lot of insight into uh, those type of things that people don't think about. Uh, they just take for granted. You know how we're taught to go A to B, B to C, A to C, all to ground, yada, yada, yada. Okay, we're going to talk about some of the fallacies behind meg testing and what you need to know about it. And sometimes it can work, and sometimes it's kind of a crapshoot. Even though you're getting some readings, mega ohms, giga ohms, are they really reliable? Mm, no. So anyway, hopefully y'all got something out of that, folks. 
I appreciate you all. Thanks for listening and join us next week at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And again, we'll see you then. And there's always a smart aleck in the group, so I should probably block him, but I won't do it. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul 